Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the barrel's in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them out. It's time to salute your sports on KCOU 88.1 FM at KCOU.FM. That's right. That's right. It's that time again, Wednesday, 4 p.m. Time for Salute Your Sports. I am Matthew Terry, producer James Stanley, co-host Chris Mitchell, all alongside me as James once again messes with the theme of the song. (laughs) If only the people listening could hear the absolute or could see the absolute look of joy on James's face when he distorted the theme for about the third straight week. (laughs) <laughs> and it initially did it, and he started laughing, honestly, as hard as I've ever seen him Channeling laugh. his inner DJ screw. Rest in peace. <laughs> well, Ross Weber coined uh, coined me DJ James Stanley last year. DJ hey. James Stanley, what an unoriginal DJ name. I, it's you, extremely unoriginal. It, it, it fits you. Like, it, it fits your, like, personality. How about I DJ Redbeard? Like, just straight. Like, DJ straight. Redbeard? Yeah. Point <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, I'm, pre- I'm introducing you. I'm introducing you as that for the rest of the show. Today. No, <laughs> hard, hard pass. Yeah, well, it's not your choice as to what I call you. All right, TJ, right here. That's enough. We got a fun show for you guys today. Mizzou football's got a big week ahead and p- upcoming Power Five clash against the Purdue Boilermakers. Of course, we're going to talk about their game last weekend when they defeated Wyoming. 40 to 13 at home. Another big day for Drew Locke and company. And of course, the big news that came out yesterday about Missouri basketball being that going into the year would have been a senior Colin Vandeleer re- medically retiring due to injuries sustained in the last regular season game last year against Arkansas. We'll touch on that a little bit later in the show. But first up, we are going to talk about Mizzou football. Like I mentioned last Saturday, they defeated Wyoming. 40-13 to 13 in a well-played offensive game for the Missouri Tigers. Chris, you mentioned something before the show started that you wanted to say about Drew Locke and how he played. So just enlighten the listeners on what you've came up with. All right, here's what happened. <clears throat> <laughs> on a cold, dark night on Saturday, Comrade Drew Locke led the People's Republic of the Missouri Tigers in 601 yards of offense against the capitalist pigs of the Mountain West, the Wyoming Cowboys, <laughs> equally distributing the off- points and offense amongst via the run-pass option. <laughs> Doing it big for all the comrades out there. Word to Drew Locke, comrade Locke, <laughs> in the People's Republic of the Missouri Tigers. He had himself a really good game. <laughs> yes, that's right. I, I am just waiting for the angry reaction of sports director Josh Neighbors to stare at me through the window of the studio. But until then, Drew Locke having another fantastic day against the Mountain West Wyoming Cowboys, finishing 33 completions on 45 attempts, 398 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. And like Chris mentioned, very evenly distributed the ball amongst his targets. But, of course, the star of the day receiving-wise was, as always, Emmanuel Hall with 10 catches, 171 yards, 17.1 yards per catch in this contest, and one touchdown. Four separate receivers all caught touchdowns 
from Drew Locke. And also, Drew Locke got it done with his legs, which we haven't seen. He ran for five. He ran five times for 51 yards and a rushing touchdown and had the longest run of the day from either team on a 27-yard option play that I have lovingly dubbed along with the rest of my friends group. And everyone here at Salute Your Sports has been dubbed the Lockshin. That's right, baby. The Lockshin lives on in Columbia, Missouri. And is this going to be a new style of play we see for Drew Locke this year? Are we going to have to start focusing on him as a dual-threat quarterback? Well, if he does become a dual-threat quarterback and Mizzou has only one or two losses going into the end of the season, then he has to be chalked up to a Heisman candidate. Yeah, if Drew Locke, of course, plays like this against SEC teams, then... But that's the big yeah. question. Can he keep this up? He's played two different... Well, two teams that, you know, mm-hmm. are not are not Purdue, if that. Yeah, Wyoming has a good defense. Saw that last year. They led the country in turnover margin. And going into this game, they returned eight defensive starters, but the secondary just wasn't enough to keep up with the Missouri Tigers wide receivers and Drew Locke. Like I mentioned, him throwing for 400 yards. Wyoming's defense just could not keep up with Mizzou in this game. Of course, Mizzou ran away with it. They did get off to a slow start offensively, did the Tigers. They did not score on their first, it looks like, five drives. They did not reach the end zone. They did go uh, one for three on field goal attempts during that time. But after that mark, this had five consecutive touchdown drives and then a field goal at the end of that. So it really seemed like halfway through the second quarter, the offense started to move. And that's when the Tigers turned it on and they didn't look back. Was it the offense moving as much as Wyoming getting exhausted? It might have been a part of that considering Wyoming had some very short drives amongst that. Amongst Wyoming's own first five drives, only one of them went longer than three plays. There were uh, three three and outs amongst those because it could be a matter of Wyoming's defense getting tired, but also Mizzou started to spread the field out a lot more. They started to go deep on some plays that they didn't do as much in those first five drives. Derek Dooley really started to open up the offense, which is something that I wanted to see this week and something that I'm very proud of seeing from the Tigers. Well, and one good thing to see from Drew Locke was his ability to adapt to Wyoming's defense. Was He was struggling at first, and thankfully no points came off of it, and this will be the big test, is that if you punt five straight times to Alabama. Well, anybody punts five straight times to Alabama, they're going to probably end up losing. But uh, if you punt five straight times to any SEC opponent, your likelihood of winning that game is much, 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 much less. Well, of course, and Mizzou also had, in their first five drives, they went missed field goal, punt, field goal, fumble, missed field goal. So that's nine points they should have gotten on those drives. They only picked up three of them because of two long missed field goals. So they were able to move the ball, just not getting into that last step. It seemed like they had problems getting into the red zone and scoring. And then Drew Locke comes in with his 12-yard touchdown run where he jukes out one man and runs like a giraffe into the end zone in spectacular fashion. And that's when the offense started to pick up when Wyoming had to keep eyes on Drew Locke to make sure he didn't scramble because it opened up more for the receivers. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. after that uh after that quarterback scramble, the defense definitely had to like you know like keep all of their options open, and then in doing that, it kind of opened the door for the lock hall uh, connection to sort of like make it to like actually like come out and show its face, and you see that in that ending up in ten receptions for one hundred seventy one yards and one touchdown. It's so and once like that connection gets started, it's so hard to beat if you're any opponent. I've not seen that good of a combination and distribution 
since Joseph Stalin. Oh, no. <laughs> no, do not talk about him in a positive light on this show. You can't do that. And Vladimir Lenin. <laughs> oh, James. Are we, are hey, Chris, we really doing Chris this? Chris is the one who started. I'm, I'm, I mean, yes. I'm totally I thought it was kidding. done there. I, I thought it was kidding. done not, there. Not comparing Drew Locke to Joseph Stalin. Come of on. Of course. The only, thing that, the only thing he's stalling is the offense. Hey. But he's but he's not. Yeah, we're not going to get offense that one. Did not I mean, the offense did not stall. They scored forty points in this game. That's like the exact opposite of stalling. <laughs> <laughs> he must be rushing down the field. All right, Emmanuel Hall. So the the big thing, another thing <laughs> I wanted on, to touch on about him in this game is last year he did have a problem with drops, especially once he became more of a bigger name, started getting more focus from the defense. Is that we saw him drop a little bit more of those slant routes, a bit more of those intermediate plays he of course had a the beautiful deep ball connection from lock to hall was on point throughout the entire second half of the season but the short and intermediate routes weren't there this time emmanuel hall his 10 catches came on 11 targets so he maybe had one drop in this game that's a big improvement that i and a lot of people wanted to see from him is his ability to hang on to the ball i agree (laughs) <laughs> I I agree with you, Matt. Good point. Good yeah, analysis. I see that. Yeah. I love you, Salute Your Sports. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go on a uh, more receiver talk. Jonathan Johnson, seven catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. He's really starting to come into his own this year. He's going to have a big part. Should the believe he's a redshirt junior now? I think so. Jonathan Johnson? Uh, un- unsure off the top of my head. Knows a fourth year. Don't know if he's just a true senior or if he's a redshirt Junior Albert Okawebenam again at another touchdown on a seam route. The Albert O seam route is back on this year. That's right, baby. I'm excited. It was very hard to stop for most teams last year. Kendall Blanton caught a touchdown in this game. Demaria Crockett had a 32 yard catch. Nate Brown returned from the dead with a 27 yard catch. Really fantastic all around from these Missouri receivers. Well, yeah. Matt, well, Matthew, you being at the game uh, personally, getting to be up in the press box and call that one. Anything? Anything special that came from the game notes? The the biggest thing that I noticed, like just from that game in general, is James looks at me with a bewildered look. That was <laughs> not me talking. I don't know what what happened. <laughs> James <laughs> just looks astounded at I the think, question. I think I he just possessed. You <laughs> look so confused that you asked something like that. Is um, he leading for like the play? Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I you want to talk about the play? Yeah, sure. The the play, the uh, can we talk about this botched extra point? Yes, please. Uh, the botched extra point where there were about four pit, four pitches on that play, like four laterals, four different men from Wyoming had the ball. There were like three flags on the play. The press box was shaded of their view of this play just by the smoke from the fireworks, which was fantastic. <laughs> A plus layout, which we haven't seen this year, and I'm excited for more of it. We want to talk about the Mizzou defensive side. Wyoming came into this game without the nation's leading runner in Nico Hall. And thus, Mizzou shut down the Wyoming Cowboys rushing attack. The Cowboys combined for 30 runs for 88 yards and one touchdown by Javon Bigelow and a 2.9 yards per carry. We know this defensive line for Mizzou is talented, but they had a very good game this Saturday. Yeah, we're starting to see, we're starting to see the rewards being reaped from uh... – like, like, say, like last year when uh, we were ta- people were talking about how talented that defensive line was, and we're still, you know, giving up uh, 
giving up yards on the run and like giving up points on the run. And now we're starting the start of this year being a little bit more stingy on the yards per carry, being a little bit more stingy on the points allowed. So it'll be interesting to see interesting to see if that carries over into conference play going forward and next week against Purdue. Let's hope it's something that does end up happening because that is a very talented defensive line. And I think they got it in them to do it. Do you think that the score is different if Nico Evans plays this game? Do you think that it's closer? I don't think it's closer, but I think Wyoming I mean, if I mean, yeah, technically closer. I think Wyoming puts up another touchdown, maybe. Or do two. you think that maybe having Nico Evans in the offense, they would have started things off early and shifted momentum to their side on all those times that Mizzou did not capitalize the score. That I think could, it's, yeah, oh. you go. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's one of those things where it's like Mizzou's offense would have to. It would just be a matter of Mizzou outscoring Wyoming, and it's something that Mizzou was way more equipped to do than Wyoming is to outscore Mizzou. So I don't think we'd. I don't think that would be a loss if he was in the game, but it would like change like the. Well, like, the it just makes me think back to how many games bit. over the last three years that Missouri got into a scoring match, but because they lost momentum early, they lost the game. How many times has that happened the last couple three seasons? Oh boy, With uh, Georgia, the, the South Carolina game. South Carolina game. Last year was the big one because I believe that that set of like three plays. The Debo Samuel kick return, the Drew Lock interception, and then the tight end sweep to Hayden Hurst, which swung 14 points in South Carolina's direction. I believe that's what knocked Mizzou off course during that entire first half of the season. Because the Faro field was rocking, Mizzou had the momentum, and then it was gone in an instant, like 30 seconds of game time, and South Carolina had the lead, and the life was sucked out of the place. So we didn't see Mizzou get back on track for a while. So it's good to see that the defense was able to come up and make sure that that didn't happen again. Yeah, it'll yeah, uh having yeah, just like making sure like keeping momentum on your side of the field is just something that I think Mizzou's gotten better at, like especially like during the start of the game, like Wyoming, where no one is able to score points, like you know, like we're missing field goal kicks and all that or they're missing field goal kicks and all that. Is ha- making sure like shoring up the defense and all that. One more point and we've not touched on this for the first two games. Mhm. Mizzou has switched their side of the field uh, for, from the uh, east part of the well east side of the field now to the west side in front of the press box. Mm. Yes, we've not talked about this at all, which seems like something that maybe should be brought up. It's interesting. The last time that Mizzou had their had their uh, you know call it their, their <laughs> sideline their sideline on the west That's side the of the word, stadium. James. Yeah, Craig Bull, the head coach of Wyoming, Wyoming was an assistant with Nebraska during the 1997 flea kicker game. Not that it's connected at all, but just interesting to know. It's just, just an interesting uh, fun fact, fun fact of kind of how things, you know, end around. But do you think that it's helped Mizzou out or Barry Odom's decision I think to move the team back to the West side? I think it's tough to say so far. I think once we get more into SEC play, we'll definitely see if it had a good impact for the Tigers or not, because right now they're just sort of playing like they were at the end of last year. So it's hard to tell whether or not they're just carrying over that momentum or if there's actually some sort of change. Well, we should see in the next It's interesting. With, it actually hurt them during the fifth down Colorado game. Yeah. Because if Mizzou had been on the opposite sideline, then they would have been able to see, hey, like, you know, you need to call, because that's what the phones went out at the same yeah. time that the referees missed the, the fifth down call. So... Why do you think Mizzou would even give that up to go back to the west side? I've I've heard some discussion that part of it's with the hot games for shade to mm-hmm. uh you know to, to to save some of the players as they'll be in the shade in the press box or shade of the press box. But do you think there's that, all, 
I think there's also the factor of it'd be easier to see signals from like signaling up to the press box where the coaches sit because they're on that sideline and be tougher for opposing teams to sort of like see those signals. I guess that, I no, that's that. a good possibility. I've, I've heard, I've heard that that's pretty much the main reason why they want to do that is for signals. Do you think that the South end zone renovation has anything to do with it? Because after they, oh, tore, after, after they tore out the South end zone, they had to put the opposing fan mm-hmm. base somewhere. So what not a better place than to put them directly behind their team, which you don't want to take that away from the boosters or the ones that yeah. pay all the money to sit on the West side of the stadium. The students are the most expendable, which sounds terrible. But it, it's true. But it's true. Yeah. The students are the most expendable when it when it comes to moving them around and, the stadium. And the students are the the student section is the one that's going to be victims of this next season when they have to go with a new seating plan because SEC rules state that the student section cannot be directly behind a visiting bench. Mizzou got a mm. special like I don't know what the word is this year like special permissions like a freebie. Yeah, to do it this year, there need to be two rows in between the bench. And the student section, which there is not, which worries me for some games this year because we know how student sections in SEC schools can get, especially if things are going south for Mizzou against Georgia. I think bad things could end up happening. Well, but, and it's also surprised me because Mizzou is one of the few schools that has violated the rushing the field clause in yeah. the SEC probably the most out of the last five years. Yeah, and they're probably going to do it again soon <laughs> if Mizzou has anything to rush the field about, of course. I'll be down. So... Yeah, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into the preview of Mizzou going on the road to West Lafayette to face Purdue next week, a rematch of last year's infamous defeats at the hands of the Boilermakers. Another quick thing we want to say before we go to break, KCOU Sports Social Media. If you're missing out on Mizzou Sports action, KCOU Sports, will they have you covered. Uh, follow at KCOU Sports on Facebook, on Twitter for live game updates and links to Mizzou student radio coverage of Mizzou Athletics. Again, that is at KCOU Sports. We'll see you there. You're listening to Salute Your Sports. We'll be right back. Try something new this fall. Get up on your feet and try a class at the School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet. Located at 110 Orr Street, the School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet offers classes to those of all experience levels. Class genres range from classical ballet to jazz and are taught exclusively by professional dancers. Right now, teens and adults can try unlimited open classes for two weeks for just $30. To learn more, find them on Facebook at School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet. Thank you, School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet, for supporting KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. KCOU Columbia, 88 and 110th reasons to listen. The shocking statistics are that one in five people in Boone County lives in poverty. Even worse, approximately 250 Columbia children are homeless. The Heart of Missouri United Way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health, education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org donate. The station design with the student voice in mind. KCOU-FM.
The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our community secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. We protect the homeland. We're always there when called upon. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. KCOU would like to thank Cafe Berlin for their support. Check out Cafe Berlin's delicious and diverse brunch menu at CafeBerlinComo.com. Looking for a fun night out in Columbia? Check out Cafe Berlin's live music calendar on their website as well. Thank you, Cafe Berlin, for your continued support of KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. still doing this uh, it, are we still going with this theme as soon as i heard that plane sound i knew exactly what the song was gonna be. it's not russian music it's a beatles. i specifically asked no <laughs> it's not russian that. music though welcome sure back to salute russian. your sports here it's not on, on a, it's not on donald on, trump's playlist on september 12th 19 is the cold war still going on matthew cherry <laughs> oh yes of course Shout hey, out to then, if that is the case, we probably shouldn't have indirectly compared Drew Locke to a communist, but either way. <laughs> Word to President Carter. Welcome back to Salute Sports. I'm Matthew Terry. Chris Mitchell, James Stanley alongside me. Mizzou football got a big game coming up this weekend. Their first real test of the Ooh. year as they go on the road to face the o and surprisingly 0-2 Purdue Boilermakers in West Lafayette. The return game from last year's embarrassing, humiliating, deflating defeat at the hands of Purdue, 35-3. Oh. And this is a, like I said, first big test for the Tigers this year. This starts a tough four-game stretch of teams because after this, they get Georgia at home, South Carolina on the road, then the Alabama! Thank you, James. The defending national champion, Alabama. You know, I could have done that myself. <laughs> I, I was doing well, <laughs> and you threw me off again. <laughs> are, are you proud of your? Are you proud of yourself? Uh, you can thank Joey Schneider for that one. That that was that was oh, his good. idea. Thank you, Joey. For I'll name dropping sure. again. Yes, of course. This is, there's nothing more salute your sports than name dropping people that used to be on salute your sports. That's right, baby. That's how un- uninteresting the show is now that we have to talk about how good it was in the past. <laughs> good soundbite for how Mizzou played versus Purdue last season. They need a good game this year to wash that bad taste out of the mouth that a lot of fans got last year. And really, it was arguably the low points of the season last year is that 32-point home defeat to the Boilermakers. Do you guys think Mizzou turns it around this year? They're six-point favorites on the road against Purdue. Do you think the Tigers will pull through? I think it's going to be difficult for them because Purdue's coming off a loss to Eastern Michigan, and they have something to play for. And they already have two losses on the season. They've they've got a rebound somewhere. They were able to put Mizzou down last year. Why not try to make this 
their turnaround game, just like Missouri had last year uh, late in the season against Memphis. Yeah, there's something dangerous about a team who had high hopes going into the season being 0-2 to start the season. It kind of smells like... You know the term what a trap game is, right? Oh, of course. I f- it feels like one of those situations where a team like Purdue is going to be backed into a corner. And like even though their defense isn't as hot as it was last year and their offense definitely isn't as hot as it was last year, there something could go wrong that could lead to an upset here. The, Here's hoping that doesn't happen. The thing about those two losses for Purdue is that they both came within four points and they were both bookmarked by a personal foul on the defense, which kept the other team's uh, eventual game-winning drive going. So Purdue's had some mental mistakes already so far this year. It is up to Drew Locke and company to capitalize on them. Purdue has already seen a good quarterback this year in Northwestern's Clayton Thorson. Of course, probably not as good as Drew Locke, but still they've seen some quality in that Wildcats team. And I think they will be ready for this Mizzou team, like Chris said, to be turning this season around. However, I think Mizzou still has that bad taste in the mouth of the defeat last year. And I think Missouri turns it around and writes the ship, goes 3-0 heading into that Georgia game with a win over Purdue. By the way, speaking of that Georgia game, how about that 11 a.m. kickoff? Oh, gosh. Yeah, sure, I'll touch on that. I mean, because... I, that I, is, I understand it. From a corporate point of view, from ESPN's point of view, this is probably their second... Because they get to pick after CBS picks their SEC game of the week. ESPN distributes all of the other SEC games for their selected time slots. And this was probably their second pick behind Mississippi State, Kentucky. Because Mississippi State, Kentucky is getting one of those three primetime slots. And this was ESPN's pick to be the 11 a.m. Central ESPN game right after college game day. Very good spot for a game to be, especially for a game like Georgia versus Mizzou when Mizzou has Drew Locke and Georgia is Georgia. That being said, from a student and a fan's perspective, well, I don't think the Georgia fans like it either. No, probably not. Well, I mean, maybe for travel, maybe that'd be okay. You get for my own time to travel. Personal perspective on this game as a student and a fan, I want this game to be at night for the atmosphere. For the atmosphere yeah. of it. It's hard for fans to really get up and get prepared for an 11 a.m. game. And by prepared, I mean drink. Like, prepare. That's what I mean. <laughs> Don't but, make people won't try, though. Oh, no, Are you people, sure about that? No, people will do it, and they will do it successfully. Because there will be people getting up at 6 a.m. to tailgate for this game. Getting super oh, duper sauce like 10 And I will be impressed with them, every single one of them that do it, and they have my utmost respect. However, it is we much easier... You. <laughs> to get ready and tailgate for a game when the game starts at 6 p.m. because you don't have to get up at 6 in the morning. You can get up at, say, like 9, like 10 o'clock. Or 11, something, like me. Yeah, something perfect like that. You can sit. You can let it simmer. You can slowly get ready. Let the anticipation build and build before you hit that 6 p.m. kickoff. And then the stadium's rowdy. Then everyone gets there on time as well because they've been ready for it for four hours instead of potentially waking up late or oversleeping, or just not wanting to get up until 10 because it's a Saturday. Well, the thing that gets me about this game is that what other games around the country are more important than this one in terms of the layout of the SEC? Uh, Kentucky-Mississippi yeah. State? Is that the... Yeah, Kentucky-Mississippi like, State's a big game. But F- Florida-Tennessee gets a late game because it's Florida versus Tennessee, well, two it's, of the it's, biggest It's markets. not just that, and I yeah. wish I would have come up with this on Twitter, but I did not. Oh, and no. it's not that I stole this from Alec Lewis either, because it's, it's a really good point. <laughs> He said that you could make a case for Mizzou, Georgia to be on college game day. 
You could. You could. And it got chosen. However, that's not the case if Mizzou loses to Purdue this weekend. That That is also very true. true. And they got to set that – I guess it's too much of a risk. Yeah, what's – has week four's college? Could you they imagine don't announce game day until probably Sunday after the? No, they've already announced. Well, I get. Well, four? no. Well, no week. Okay, you're right. You're right. Week three is Ohio this, State. Ohio State TCU. TCU. That's good. Uh, M- but, Mizzou Purdue is not getting game day, nor do we say it should. No, no, no. I'm saying is the next week after that. Do you think there's a possibility they would change it for week four? I doubt no, it. That, no, the, because the game's already 11 a.m. It's already set. That'll, yeah. That 11 a.m. game is set. And Has there ever been an incident in the past where they've changed around a game? Maybe I don't Probably. remember it happening. I honestly don't see them doing it because it's yesterday. Mizzou, South Carolina, twenty fourteen. Was that originally a day game that got because at the very last twenty fourteen was when was was that that wasn't the Bagot game? No, that twenty thirteen was twenty thirteen with the Bagot game. Twenty fourteen was when Mizzou played at South Carolina, won like ten to seven. Oh, classic. Was Mizzou. that game? I want to say that game might have originally been scheduled for like three o'clock, and it got you, pushed back. You would know more than me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this during out. that aspect. Well, but while James talks about they that, Stanley on the case. We'll talk about more about the game that's I'll coming up Stanley to you. this Saturday. No, it's DJ Redbeard. This Saturday, <laughs> callbacks. That's right. Will Mizzou's offense, now they're facing a Big Ten team, Big Ten historically known for their defenses. Purdue's been on the rise a few years. They do have Jeff Brown, a very fantastic coach. Will Mizzou's offense be able to keep up this blistering scoring pace that they've started ever since the last half, the back half of 2017? I believe there was some turnover on the Purdue defensive side last year coming into this year. I think that might have something to do with whether or not Purdue was able to keep up with uh, Mizzou's offense. I don't think Purdue has played any offense that is as high octane as the Mizzou's offense so far this year. Northwestern's was like very from when I watched like the Northwestern Purdue game, they were playing you know pretty safe, pretty conservative usually. Sometimes they throw the deep ball, but expect you know, I I bet you Purdue's expecting Mizzou to like really like go in on the deep ball, try to like stretch the field that way and open up the field for more plays. So in that sense, I'm not sure if. Purdue will be able to keep up with Mizzou. It's only a matter of like seeing like in action, like how they'll actually hold yeah, it down. Of course, and the offense does have so many weapons on it. It's hard to guard every single facet of this Missouri offense because if you stop Drew Locke, well, here comes Crockett and Rountree. If you stop Emmanuel Hall, well, there's Johnson and Okawebenam. You start Okawe, you stop Okawebenam. Well, then there's Drew Locke randomly running a read option. So yeah. things like that, where Mizzou can do so much offensively, this will be a big test for Derek Dooley to see how his playbook works against a Power 5 team. Another quick question, do you think the defense will be actually to able will be actually able to stop a Power 5 team? Because that was a problem at the beginning of last year. And that was a problem when they faced Texas, is the defense wasn't able to keep up with teams. Do you think the defense will be able to keep up with Purdue like they weren't able to last year? Is Sindelar starting? Is he their starting quarterback? I believe so. I think, yeah. Do I th- not quote me on that, people. I shall. I, I definitely won't. Uh, do not quote me until I randomly look up the Purdue jump chart. I think if Mizzou has a good chance of uh, keeping Purdue contained on the defensive side, if they're able to catch Sindelar and his mistakes, you saw a lot of that if you watched the Northwestern Purdue game, where Northwestern was able to capitalize on a lot of Sindelar's mistakes. I think he threw three picks that day mm. onto like. As opposed yeah, to like Purdue started touchdowns. out down like twenty one nothing in that game. Yes, and they, they did. came back. Yeah, they did. It got close. Yeah, they uh, only lost by four. 
31 to 27. Yeah, and then they ended up shooting themselves in the foot with another like, personal foul. With another with another personal foul in like the last like two minutes of the yeah. game, which two or two and a half. It minutes. extended the drive for Northwestern and allowed Northwestern to run out the clock. Yeah, which happened again against Eastern Michigan. So I think if you're if they're able to capitalize on the mistakes that Purdue offense is making, kind of get Sindelar off balance, and is able to you know wrangle some turnovers out of him by way of picks or something like that, then it is going to be a lot easier for Mizzou to you know clinch this one on the road. Well, and I think they're also going to need to keep momentum on their side for an early on game because that's been one thing that's been a really big difference between the teams of 2013 and 2014 and the teams of the last couple of years, even though Mizzou did make a bowl game last year. So upon some digging, I've not been able to to find an actual confirmed instance of college game day moving a game, but ESPN holds the right to not release a game time mm-hmm. up until the, the, the minimum amount of days that they can go before a game without announcing the kickoff time is six. Yes, well, mm. they've already released the kickoff time. They've already released time, the kickoff the time. Does that give them the right to change it after they've? Well, you would. I doubt it. I look. Also, here's another thing. I, as a Missouri fan that wants them to do well in this game, 11 a.m. kickoff's best because it doesn't. It doesn't all road teams on the road in a state thousand so miles away or not probably not that far, like 500 miles away against a tough opponent. With a big armed quarterback before noon, oh. before noon, oh, it's probably going to be a hot September day. I think this is best for the Tigers if this game is early. If it were a night game, I'd be a little bit more concerned with uh, playing Georgia under the lights because Georgia's had Mizzou's number in the past. Mizzou hasn't beaten them since 2013, and every time Mizzou's beaten them, it's been during the daytime. Yes. Mizzou is five and three in SEC home games at 11 a.m. Was that Whoa. was that Dave Matters what? tweet you're referencing? That's exactly what I'm referencing. One in mm. eight in those same games That's played at 6 p.m. or later. So that may be a good omen and that only for win, the Tigers. I think came against Texas A&M 2013. I believe you're right, James. And that's and that that was the same day as uh, Auburn Alabama getting messed up. Yeah, uh, not messed up, but uh, was that the kick six game? That was the kick six game. Uh, I'll, never, I'll never forget the signs that were there. Mm-hmm. This so the so this Mizzou student had a sign that said uh, had a sign that said "We want Bama," and then everyone's looking up at the yeah. scoreboard, and the scoreboard you know it shows the mm-hmm. score. Everyone's just shocked because oh, yeah. nobody really realized what happened. And at the time, Mizzou's it's like so coverage there was terrible. Yeah, and then the kid takes a sharpie, crosses it out, and writes <laughs> Auburn. <laughs> we want Auburn, War Eagle. All that. One quick thing I want to touch on before we go to break. A uh, very sad thing that happened for the Missouri Tigers yesterday that broke that Colin Van Leer will be forced to medically retire, tearing his ACL and his MCL during the game against Ar- the basketball game against Arkansas. He was in the zoo's shooting guard for the past three years. Very sad because Colin Van Leer has been with the team for the past three years. Of course, all of our thoughts go out to him. It's like it obviously can't be easy to be forced to step away for something like that, especially right before your senior year. He does still get to keep his scholarship. Mizzou gets an exemption from the NCAA that allows them to continue to give CVL his scholarship. So just some, just a few sad words to end this segment. Say uh, we salute him one last time. Yes, we shall. At the same time, or? How do we do this? I don't know. Oh, I just know. You, you salute him. Uh, just salute. That's yeah. It. Colin Van Leer. Great radio. We're we all sal- saluting at the we same time. We salute you. 
I know those listening along can't see us, but believe me when thank I say God. we are saluting <laughs> you, Colin Vandelier. Thank you for the past three years of Missouri Tiger basketball. And a few more quick words that I want to say before we go to break is about L.C. Chandler. L.C. Chandler impacted many during his time at KCU at Mizzou. If you'd like to leave a lasting impact on Mizzou Student Radio, please go to the L.C. Chandler Memorial Endowment page on Mizzou. Give direct at or dot Missouri dot edu again so I don't mess it up. Mizzou give direct dot Missouri dot edu. Please donate today. The L.C. Chandler Memorial Endowment will provide a scholarship for an out-of-state KCOU broadcast journalism student and funds to maintain station equipment. L.C. left his mark on student on Mizzou Student Radio. How will you leave yours? You're listening to Salute Your Sports here. We'll be right back, folks. At KCOU, we constantly need custom apparel. Whether it be t-shirts for special events or performance polos for our sports broadcasters, the only place we trust for our apparel needs is one-to-one print shop. One-to-one will help your business or organization craft custom apparel at an affordable price. To learn more, go to one-to-oneprintshop.com. That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E printshop.com. The Army National Guard is offering up to a $20,000 enlistment bonus and other tuition benefits to qualified candidates, including new recruits and those with prior military service. Already received your education or currently in school? You may be eligible for up to $50,000 in student loan repayment. Get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. Learn more about these benefits. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Missouri National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. You're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. The skills you can develop as a soldier in the Army National Guard can give you an edge in the high-tech job market of tomorrow. The Guard offers career training to take advantage of your skills in science, technology, engineering, and math that can help give you a leg up to a high-paying and rewarding STEM profession. Get a head start on your career while earning money to pay for college. Log on to NationalGuard.com to learn about all of the STEM career opportunities in the Army National Guard. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. This is Mac DeMarco. This next song is going out to all you frat boys out there. A woman that I know just came from Mallorca, Spain. She smiled because I did not understand.
Salute your sports here on KCOU. I'm Matthew Terry alongside Chris Mitchell and James Stanley, who is close to losing his music privileges. Ringo Starr. It's Ringo Starr. Okay. It's Ringo. <laughs> Anyways. I believe he is the best-selling, uh, like, single Beatle to, like, with his, like, uh, albums, I think. Was he? I, he's I not bl- the most talented. Yeah. Yeah, but I... Oh, shooting on Ringo Starr here. I mean, that's, like, still, like, you know... I think he had like the highest selling like singles out of all the Beatles. I think. Oh, highest selling. Okay, I could yeah. I could see that. Sure. That's some pops. Anyways. Anyways. Uh it is about <laughs> four forty here on a Wednesday afternoon. It's only time for one thing on Salute Your Sports. It's time for Orna. Recap of last week. Chris Mitchell was the loser. I won. So that means Chris or Chris hosts this week's episode. Of or not, nah. and with that, I hand it off to you. Okay, hey guys, it's time for or not, nah. and the topic this time is, you know what I really love about college football? What's that, Chris? Contracts. Oh no, nothing gets my blood pumping like all that corporate jargon. Smack, just vomited onto a piece of paper that tells you how long a coach will be tenured at your university and for how much money. Oh, I thought I thought you're gonna say with the players because every answer would be <laughs> nah. Oh, of course, James. <laughs> Did Drew Locke not, not, not have a contract? Uh, yes or not? Nah? <laughs> uh, mm. So with that in mind, the topic today is college football coaches who will be on their contract five years from now. Okay. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. It is. Is Bob Stoops on the list? Uh, I can't tell you that. He gone. He gone. He might still be on a contract, though. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. I, yeah. <laughs> I promise they aren't that complicated. I... It's nothing like that. So, let's see. Who wants to start out this time? Well, uh, Matthew, Terry, you won first, so, or you I won want, last time, so I'll let you I'll choose. Go, I'll go first. Okay. I don't want the pressure of going second. I fold under pressure. Okay. Like a yes. origami. Okay. Exactly. It's yes. not good. <laughs> like a can in a baler. Anyways. Like bubble wrap in a baler. You can stop now. Number one, Matthew Terry. Yes, sir. Will Barry Odom be on his contract five years from now? Five years from now is 2023. I figured that's a good distinction we make right now off the top. Yes, the year is 2023. And I am going to say, nah. That is correct. Barry Odom's contract expires in 2022. Got plenty of time to get an extension if he's a winning coach. Yeah, if if he's worth it. Okay. He's done well so far. So far, so good. Yeah, Number he has, two. He has more wins through his first uh, first two years what Gary Pinkle had. Oh, fun. Oh, wow. So that's I mean, Gary first. Pinkle inherited a program that yeah. was in the basement, if yes. not below the basement floor. Bottom of the first, James Stanley. Will Nick, Nick Saban will be on his contract five years from now, yes or not? So you're asking me is will his contract be expired five years from now? Or will he still be under contract? I'm saying, will he still be under contract in, in his 2023? Current, in 2023. On his current contract, yes or not? Oh, man, when did they? I, I feel like he must have gotten an extension after their last. They win like every year. I figured he got an extension their, after one of them. Yeah, so I'm going to go with yes, he will. Correct. Nick Saban is under contract until 2025. Oh, wow. That's seven years. That's a long one, baby. Oh, I can man. Tell. Mizzou's going to have to deal with Barry Odom for seven more years now. 
How about a second? He would never go to Alabama. He'll go to. I mean, he'll never go to Mizzou. He'll go to Kansas. How about a second? Matthew Terry. Yes, sir. Clemson's coach, Dabo Swinney. Dabo. Will he still be on his contract five years from now? Dabo Sweeney, contract five years. I am going to say nah. I'm Incorrect. Obsessed. Dabo Sweeney's contract expires in 2024. Most of you played that so for long. <laughs> <laughs> you really need to enter that extra like one or two seconds for me to wallow in my own shame. <laughs> I believe he just got an extension either this year or last year. Probably. Okay. Or not. Up next, final of the second, James Stanley. Will Mark Richt still be on his contract five years from now? Mark Richt. The University of Miami head coach. Yeah, what, he signed there two years ago? I feel like they're not going to give him a big contract out at first just because he was, well, he was okay at Georgia, but then he kind of fell apart. So I'm going to go with solid at Georgia. No. Sorry, pal. His contract expires in 2023 on the dot. That's right, baby. How long is this buzzer? All tied up. All tied up at one, I think. Yeah, all tied up at one. None of y'all got points that round. Okay, top of the third. Matthew Terry. Yes, sir. Urban Meyer, coach of the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Will he still be on his contract five years from now? Oof. Um, the answer, will he be or should he be? Um, the answer is, will he be? All things constant. Oh, yes. All things constant. Will he be um, on his contract five years from now? I was going to say no. Congratulations. You're right. He will. His contract expires in 2022. Up next, bottom of the third? Yes. James Stanley. Ed Orgeron, head coach of LSU. Will he still be on his contract five years from now? Coach O. Um, he sounds uh, like he's talking with a mouthful of gumbo every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> will he still be on contract five years from I, now? I don't have to say nah. That is correct. His contract also expires in 2022. James, and I'm matching stride for stride in this one. Yeah, this is this is getting hot. I think how I'm many gonna... rounds? How many innings of this do you have? Uh, I didn't do an exact number, but okay. I think we're gonna be good for a while. Oh, good. Okay. Good for a while. Up next. Fantastic. Top of the fourth, Matthew Terry. Yo. Lincoln Riley. Will his contract? Will he still be on contract five years from now? Nah. He just signed an extension. He, I believe he just signed an extension. He is on contract for the Sooners in, oh, until oh, 2023. Game on, game on pause. Game on pause. James. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to explain yourself. I learned something new today. <laughs> he learned the whammy bar from a guitar hero. <laughs> Okay, up next, bottom of the fourth, I think. James Stanley, Cliff Kingsbury, the coach of Texas Tech. Will he still be on contract five years from now? Go Raiders! Mm, I got to think about this one. It not his son an analyst at ESPN, or am I thinking of his former Cliff former Kingsbury coach? is, like, young. I'm going to go with yes. No way. Sorry, pal, his contract expires in 2021. Cliff Kingsbury is only 39. He played in the NFL, like, recently, as far as coaches go. Like, he was a quarterback for the Jets in, like, the mid-2000s. Top of the fifth, Matthew Terry. Yes, sir. Chris Whoop. Mitchell. Whoop. James Stanley. DJ Redbeard. <laughs> Will Bobby Petrino still be on contract five years from now? I feel like this is a trick question, but I also don't think I should be thinking about this too, too hard. The coach of Louisville currently, correct? 
Yes, sir. I thought he was gone for some reason, but I realized he I was, was thinking of someone else. You were probably thinking um, of his tenure at the Falcons. I think I think he's only going to be on contract if he still gets to keep his motorcycle, right? <laughs> As always, well, that's that's a cla- the motorcycle clause. Yes. I thought I thought on the dot. I thought his you were contract saying, expires. Yes, I, no, I I was thinking about it, but this is also we're, this is also I just wanted to keep it going, keep it moving. His contract expires in 2023 on the dot. So you're right. DJ Redbeard, will Larry Fedora's contract still be on five years from now? My boy! Who? Larry, coach of the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. Coach of my fighting Tar Heels. Tar Heels football head coach. Will he still be on contract five years from now? I'm going to go with yes. His contract expires in 2022. He might not make it there. (laughs) So uh, Carolina keeps up their current pace. is, Is this for all the marbles then? I believe it is. I think this is for all the marbles. I believe it is. I'm up, marbles. By, I'm up by one. This is round five, I believe. Is it it? Round five or six? Either think, way. Okay. Top of inning whatever. <laughs> We're so good at this. Top of inning variable X. I'm up by one. That's all I know. Up by, this is for ma- match point. Matthew Terry. Yes, Are sir. you sure about that? I think no, so. we're not, James. Will Muschamp. 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 Brent Musburger? Yeah. No, James. <laughs> I alternate between saying Muschamp and Muschamp, depending on how fast I say it. Will Muschamp, head coach of South Carolina, will still be on contract five years from now. No. Is that a six-year deal? Yep. It expires in 2024. It's in a seven-year deal? <laughs> it's in a seven-year... Man, that Outback wow. Bowl South really... Ga- that Outback Bowl really gave him the vapors, Matt. What? Didn't you watch it? <laughs> All right. Chance sure. to tie it up. Do you, South Carolina? James Stanley. Will Mark D'Antonio still be on contract five years from now? Who's that? Head coach of Michigan State. You're so good at this. The Spartans. Will still be on contract five years from now? I'm going to go with nah. His contract expires in 2023. So, all things constant, Matthew Terry is the champion of knowing college football coach contracts, Bull, and our champion of Ornau. He wins the belt. Are you proud of yourself? I am. I'm proud of myself for getting that. And you should also, be. I'd be proud too. Also being that very, belt looks really good on you, oh, Matthew Terry. It's invisible. It's, also, it's transparent. It's also, glamorous. I'm very happy that I've beaten both of you in each of the last two weeks, <laughs> which is basically my code for find me some real competition hmm. here on Orna. <laughs> Thank you, James. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're just going to have our uh, statements of the week. We're going to wrap up the show coming up real soon on the other side of this break. Please keep it tuned. We ain't got much left to do. By now, you've heard about how much we love to partner with our friends at One to One Print Shop for all of our custom apparel needs. We aren't the only ones who have been blown away by them. Every customer who wrote them a review on Google or Facebook gave their One to One Print Shop experience five stars, and we are confident you will too after working with them. For creative custom apparel at an affordable price and great customer service, check out One to One Print Shop at 1610 Paris Road or visit their website at one-to-one-printshop.com. That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E printshop.com. When I wake up, well, I 
500 miles for Matthew Terry. Oh, thank I'm you, James. I walked Aww. 500 miles for... Salute Your Sports? Salute Your yes, Sports. of course. You don't have to walk 500 miles for Salute Your Sports. We're already right here. I have to walk like a quarter mile at best, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Half a mile. We don't have much left to do da, da, here tonight, da. folks. Da, da, 4.53 on this da, da, gorgeous da, da. Wednesday afternoon. It's very nice. As the song continues to play in the background as I speak. Just got a few minutes left. We're going to... Finish off today with, of course, our statements of the week. Chris, take it away, sir. Okay, this is hot off the presses via a text from our brother. Shout out to a, res- a restaurant in Iowa City that got closed down earlier because kids were underage drinking there. Deciding to open up a new restaurant a block away named Cactus 2. <laughs> and then have opened up another restaurant. Somewhere in Iowa City named Cactus 3. So shout out to so shout out to y'all, Cactus, for keeping the name brand strong and going with the numbered sequel <laughs> method of restaurant naming. Surprised that Bengals didn't do that after they closed down. Oh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I felt like it would have been a good opportunity. But uh, for my statement of the week, I'm to go to the to the first responders of uh of the seventeen year uh anniversary anniversaries does not seem like the right word. Because I think it is the right word. As much as it doesn't seem like it just, is. Just don't yeah. read it the way that it came across on Donald Trump's Twitter because that's yes. just terrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. But, uh, yeah, to go out to the first responders, my, my brother is a firefighter. He's a fire medic in Kansas City. So have a, have a little bit more of appreciation for our men that have to respond to things like that. And all around St. Louis and Kansas City, there were several drives going on of firefighters climbing 110 flights, which I don't think they climbed 110. 10 story building because those you know mm-hmm. at the time the world trade centers were yeah were some of the tallest buildings yeah. in the world but they did still climb 110 stairs in remembrance of the first responders who lost their lives uh, 17 years ago yesterday so uh that's not going my statement of the week all right my statement of the week to close things out going with a little bit of another a somber topic that i really just wanted to touch on and uh, this, for a little background of the story, as I'm a fan of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club out in England, and about two or three weeks ago, Spurs captain Hugo Lloris got arrested for drunk driving. And it came out today, everything about him, he was fined 50,000 pounds. He was banned driving for 12 months after admitting to do it. He was twice the legal limit. When he was driving, it also came out that there was vomit in the car. While he was driving, he had to be helped out. And we are very fortunate that nothing bad happened to Larice or anyone that he came across. And so this is my message to everyone that's listening. If you even think about drunk driving, if you need someone to come pick you up, if you need a way to get back home do not hesitate to call anyone you know 
because there are very few people that if they called me being like, Matt, I need to get home. I'm too drunk to drive that I wouldn't do it because there are very few people that I don't want to lose that. There are so many people that I don't want to lose like that in my life and in everyone's life there will be someone that will help you. Oh, and not to steal your thunder, of might course. as well go ahead and give a shout-out to Stripes. You know, that's yes. always an option here on Mizzou's campus. Shout-out to Stripes. That if, uh, if, you need somewhere to, if you need someone to pick you up, Mizzou has a free alternative, and even if you're underage, there's no, there's no questions asked. Yes. And so that will fin- conclude my statement of the week is please, I'm not trying to be a better person than anyone. I'm not trying to play holier than thou. I am just pleading as a person that doesn't want to lose anyone that way in a very preventable manner. Please do not drink and drive. And that is how we will end Salute Your Sports today. I am Matthew Terry. For Chris Mitchell, for James Stanley, we will be on Sports Saturday this week. Schedule not finalized. Probably 4.30 to 5.30 leading in to Tiger pregame before Mizzou versus Purdue at 6.30, which we will also have here on KCOU. Everyone, please stay safe this weekend. Have a good night, folks.